Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Parkscope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. We're all downloading Pokemon Go right now because that just launched for some odd reason, and I'm going fine. It's mine's taking a while to actually uh, launch. Oh, there we go. Allow Pokemon Go to access your location while using it. Yes, I will allow that to happen. Um, also joining us tonight is Nick. Nick, how are you doing? It won't let me register. Why won't it let you register? When I click the register link, it goes to a 503 error page. Oops, it seems that this location is not available. So that, like, the Pokemon Trainer Club or something, or... I guess. Oh, I have to log into this. I'll do that later. I don't want to log in right now. Yeah, I need to get... I need to use Google or that, so... How are you doing, Nick? I'm good. You're good? How's moving the furniture around? Uh, it's still going. Still going? Tomorrow, tomorrow the new stuff comes, and then, uh... We'll be heading in the right direction. Nice. I... Uh, yep. It worked with my Google ID, by the way. Oh, there you go. I had Melt, because Melt opened in Akron, and I am so full right now. I had the I had the firecracker chicken, which is uh, Diablo chicken sauce with grilled pineapple, avocado, and pepper jack cheese. It was amazing, but I am so full right now. So, also joining us playing Pokemon Go, if he can log in is uh, Benjamin Lancaster, or Ben, we'll call him. Uh, he's the intern for Walt's Frozen Head from The Further Adventures of Walt's Frozen Head, the movie, and also Walt's Frozen Head on Twitter. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm at 75% download now. So okay, good. I'm, I'm getting there. We're getting the updates. This is, this is very important. We all need to add each other. Uh, we all need to start our gyms around Disney World and Universal and Orlando in general so we can figure this all out. I don't like the head options. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> you don't like the hat options. <laughs> oh, darn. What, what, hey, what are I'm we going to do? Far along. Yes, you are right. So um, let's start off real quick. Uh, something that we saw, uh, like just breaking news, is that uh, Universal Orlando uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Sorry, I'm typing right now, getting everything ready. Um, you know, professional, as always. Uh, teased out a uh, Halloween Horror Nights. 26 announcement tomorrow and it seems like um they te- they teased out like a heartbeat but it turned out to be it was morse code and what it turned out to be was um morse code that said i think it was um Lancome county or something where halloween takes place so we believe halloween 3 is being announced tomorrow yay nick good bad yay halloween it was really good last year i'm trying to catch squirtle <laughs> there we go. It was. You mean it was good two years ago? Was it two years ago? Yeah, last year was um, Freddy vs. Jason. Ah, this is hard. I gotta figure it out. <laughs> wait, wait. Halloween Horror Nights or Pokemon Go? Pokemon. I got Squirtle. Okay, you got Squirtle. Okay, that's good. Okay, good. We'll need to keep that. Uh, please keep me updated on uh, collecting all the Pokemon. Um, Ben, have you ever been to uh, Halloween Horror Nights? I have not. I am not a fan of people jumping out at me, uh, just in general, in life. Yeah. So it's, it's probably not something I would enjoy. It's, it's just a life kind of life lesson you've learned. Just yeah. people jumping out. I don't want to pay for that. Yeah, basically. Yeah, as I mentioned during the uh, pre-show, real, real quick, as we were all downloading Pokemon Go, was uh, I recommended to Benjamin uh, for him to go uh, check out the uh, behind-the-scenes tour if he ever gets the chance. And, uh, I might do that. Yeah, I, w- I would like to see that. Yeah, so they were uh, they split them up. I don't think they actually tell you which houses houses they do. So like, it's a it's a roll of the draw if you get like the awesome mega house or if you get Walking Dead again. So <laughs> Walking Dead. Can you the, go twice and see all of them. I mean, is that I, an option? I don't know if they do like two. I don't know if they do like showing one and showing two. I thought but there was, wasn't there? I think if you do both of them in the same day, you get all houses, but not split between days because like gotcha. they switch it up based on what house is ready because like sometimes they have to do repairs or whatever yeah. because yeah, it makes sense because yeah. people get scared and they have to clean up you yeah. know <laughs> or, or they bre- <laughs> or they break stuff or that's true <laughs> angry, people, angry uh, flailing oh god yeah you have out. no idea oh yeah so how, how's your pokemon download going right now benjamin um, hello there, I am Professor Willow. Okay, good. You know the world is inhabited by creatures known as Pokemon. Nice. I am currently picking my hat. I like the, uh, I kind of like the visor brim with the yellow Pokeball on it. That's what I did. Yeah, that one looks pretty slick, although I want to kind of check out. Actually, there's only like three, yeah, so that kind of sucks. <laughs> oh, boy. So now I'm picking my, uh, jumper real quick. I don't 
know, I like the orange one. Orange looks good. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, so uh, let's actually get on to this. This is not the Pokemon Go show, although we could probably make it that if we really, really wanted. Well, Nintendo is coming to Universal, so... Exactly. I really want a Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom-style Pokemon game around the park. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. I, I want that, Universal too. Universal Creative do that. So the problem with that is uh, Pokemon is not owned by Nintendo, technically. Yeah, we'll fix that. Like, like pay, yeah. the, pay, pay the man. Pay the yeah. man, Universal. Well, I think it's one of those things where it's like, they have the Nintendo characters, but this opens up the venue for getting Pokemon. So what yeah. I've heard is they're not going to have Pokemon in Phase 1, like the initial stuff in mm-hmm. Universal Studios Florida, but man, I hope that's in the third park. Because well, man, I wouldn't that be great. In, I don't want them in the third park. I want them in like all the parks. I want you to go to Jurassic Park, and there's dinosaur Pokemon. So you can you get a Gyarados Seuss and all that park, stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. Like, that's, that would be my idea. Like really do a Sorcerer's kind of where it's different regions and, and picking up different Pokemon and that sort Abracadabra of thing. Abracadabra could be in Diagon Alley. Yeah, oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> would love that. You see, this is great. <laughs> this, this, this is this is awesome. See, I don't know why they don't hire us. We're brilliant. This is clear. Ah. Anyway, uh, so um, let's start off real quick. This is going to be an interview show. It's going to be a little different than our normal stuff. Um, the idea behind this is, um, Ben, you are a, the intern and also the producer and writer, correct, for Walt's Frozen Head? Yes. The Further Adventures yeah, of Walt's Frozen Head, sorry? I'm one of three producers, and I am the writer-director. Cool. Amazing. So, um, let's start off real quick. Could you want to give us um, some behind, like, kind of like your history, like, you know, writer and director, and kind of how you got into this industry? Uh, I am a huge theme park fan, al- always have been, um, and, uh, you know, grew up doing theater in high school, um, went, realized that theater is difficult to work in, not impossible, but difficult. Um, so kind of looked around at my different options when it came to getting a master's degree and finally settled on a program called Digital Storytelling where I realized that I could do fun things with video. And some of those fun things were a little more interactive and some of those fun things were a little more straightforward filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started making some independent films, um, started uh, Uh, teaching at the university level actually uh, mostly script writing and uh, realized I needed a MFA to continue that and so wound up here in Orlando um, because I told my wife it was the best program and because I secretly just wanted to live in Orlando and go to Disney and Universal all the time (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) awesome so uh, and you've always been a theme park fan like since you're growing up is it something that you developed later on or the world Ever since then, I, I've just been absolutely hooked. Awesome. Um, you know, I I would go to the library, check out the unofficial guides to Walt Disney World, uh, just to read <laughs> like what was coming and what was there, and like imagine myself back there. Yeah. Um, you know, so and th- obviously this was before like the internet for reals. Um, so you know, there wasn't the big fan community that I could tap into, and so without that, I was just sort of on my own as this kid who loved Disney World and would read travel guides. Yeah, like alt.disneyworld probably and Yeah, I and mean I wasn't really I wasn't on the internet back Ah, okay. Back. That giant like imagineering coffee table book that came out like in 96. Like that yeah, one. I think I have that. Oh, I have that. And they and the new one too. Oh, those are so good books. <laughs> I had the Animal Kingdom, you know, opening book that showed oh. how great Beastly Kingdom was going to be and Oh yeah, same. And the one that showed like the Dinoland uh concept art yeah. and it had the roller coaster in the background and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great book. Excavator. It's going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What's this Cali River Rapids that's coming? There's going to be tigers on the shore. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be the best raft ride ever. Two years later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's awesome. So, so you kind of developed the movie uh, because of your love of theme parks and just like the mythology around that. I'm, I'm kind of guessing. Yeah, I mean, it was that. It was also. You know, I had I was kicking around a few ideas. Um, I, we knew we wanted to make something, and it sort of fell that this like we're in Orlando now. We may not be in Orlando forever. Like, let's tell a story about Orlando. What's mm-hmm. the best story that we can think of about Orlando? Well, obviously, it's that Walt is kept in the Utilidors, and they thaw him out once a year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, um, a film that can only be about Orlando, or yeah. I guess Anaheim, if you wanted to go that direction. Yeah. That's great. Um, 
So let's get into the plot real quick. Uh, I have the, the synopsis up from the website. Uh, okay. Real quick, uh, the website I just want to make sure is waltzfrozenhead.com. All one word. Correct. Yes. Um, Someone, Disney actually <laughs> used to own that site and failed to renew. What? I, what? I think, Serious? I think. Someone did. Someone owned that <clears throat> site just as a placeholder, never did anything with it, and failed to renew. And I'm guessing, like, they didn't want this to happen. <laughs> so there was um, recently the dot game domain came up yeah. for a purchase. And in Ellen's Energy Adventure, there's energynightmare.game that they mentioned in all the way back in 1996. Right. So ever since then, I've been waiting for the .game domain to come up, and they finally did. So I tried to register energynightmare.game, and then I realized someone was squatting on it already for $3,000. <laughs> so I'm like, no! My, my years-long journey to keep this thing super secret... This awesome idea I have foiled by a squatter. But like even then, like all the domains are like a hundred bucks or six hundred yeah. bucks for that domain. But man, that would have been so good to have that to have yeah, that URL. I, we can only hope that it's an imagineer. We can only hope that it's some diehard Epcot fan who yes. is gonna do something with it. Or there's some game called Energy Nightmare that's coming out in like twenty seventeen. Like that's some mobile the, app. That's the least exciting of all of them, quite <laughs> that, honestly. That definitely is. It's like a um, it's like a match three with in-game purchases. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just Bill's, Bill Ellen's and uh, Alex Trebek's heads. Just, <sighs> and you just match them up. <laughs> That'd be the worst. <laughs> anyway, so get into this real quick. The plot. Uh, the Further Adventures of Walt's Frozen Head is a quirky comedy about the unlikely friendship between the frozen head of Walt and Peter, a low-level theme park employee. During his yearly thought to oversee the direction of his company and guard its, his creative legacy, Walt demands to be finally allowed to see his park, Walt Disney World, which should be Magic Kingdom. but It you get, should be. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. It should also be cast members. Yes. We, we have several versions of this floating out there. Ah, okay. Well, I mean, I could, see, I could see theme park employee just like you don't say Walt Disney. Kind of like you don't yeah. want to do too many, you know, cannotations oh, you of it. Oh, the movie. Oh, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> so the last sentence is, when management scoffs, he recruits Peter to kidnap, kidnap him for a day in the Magic Kingdom. So... I think we didn't say Magic Kingdom there because we had someone edit it. And they were uh, like, you said Magic Kingdom twice. Like, oh. Okay. Well, that's the yeah, point. I so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the park... In his park, Magic Kingdom, and then, oh, whatever. Never mind, I'm not going to be your copy editor. Okay, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. It's good enough. enough. <laughs> good enough. Uh, so, it's, it, so basically what I'm getting is like it's a buddy comedy. Yeah. <clears throat> that's amazing. <laughs> and that's fantastic. And oh, uh, one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode, I did pledge money to the project. So that's fully, I want to be fully, um, uh, I forgot the words right now, uh, transparent right now. Transparent. Yeah, tr- fully transparent. I did pledge money to the project, so obviously you guys should not trust anything I'm currently saying. Uh, if, if anything has been, if Gamergate's taught me anything, you, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't trust money because you gave us money. That seems backwards. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, yeah, you get the idea. Like, maybe I'm just promoting yeah. you, so my investment comes through. You know, my investment of getting some, getting movie and not an actual. That's true. Investment. I don't know. Whatever. If, if if the Kickstarter doesn't get funded, we get nothing, and you get charged nothing. So there you go. Uh, there's a there's just a whole lot of nothing going around if we don't uh, make our goal. <sighs> That's why we have to hit the goal. We got to get that this goal. So, um, do you want to talk a little about the writing process and the and the casting process, maybe, and anything else, kind of kind of really going with the development of the project itself? Sure. Um, the 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 project is really inspired by like 1960s Disney comedies, okay. um, Blackbeard's Ghost, That Darn Cat. Um, <laughs> I think some of those are 50s, some of those are 60s. Um, uh, Ron Ron Schneider, who's uh, playing um, Walt, really compared it to Blackbeard's Ghost, which I think is a really good comparison because in the film, uh, you know, the Sir Peter Ustinov character can only be seen um, by the protagonist and kind of causes may, may, uh, mayhem and and in in the way Walt is sort of being snuck around and. You know, kind of commenting on things and causing trouble and that sort of uh, in that sort of role. So I really think that's a pretty good comparison. Um, we're we're making this a family comedy. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I, in that all ages really can enjoy it. I, I usually don't believe that whole like 
kids' films have to work on two levels, one level for the kids, one for the adults. I think if you tell a good story, adults can enjoy it and and whole family can enjoy it together. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, yeah. So I mean, it's it's something we're we're intentionally keeping, you know, GPG, um, and uh, that's that's really for the market, but also just for the the influences of those uh, those kind of comedies. Nice. Um, and I, what I love is that Walt's being carried in like one of those like it looks like one of those doggy container things almost with like the like a see through like front part, but you really can't see in. Yeah, is that well, what it is, only, or what is it? That's when he's in the park. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually it was actually a custom built bag that was made out of oh. a suitcase and uh, just a whole lot of different scraps of fabric. Um, oh, okay. Kind of sewn together uh, semi haphazardly by our production designer. <laughs> yeah, it, it does remind me sort of like a doggy kind of bag. You know, like the like the Paris Hilton kind of dog bag things. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but it, but it's way more Disney fied and it has uh-huh. Walt's frozen head in it instead. <laughs> Looks cool. <laughs> Which I think is funny. Um, so. so how did the writing kind of go? Like, were there many different paths you went down? And what made you decide to go this one path with, you know, the slow-level theme park employee and Peter and all that stuff? It always had to be a buddy comedy because that's where really the humor came from. You had um, a, uh, a kind of a normal guy and you had Walt whose disadvantage is he doesn't, like, have legs. Um, <laughs> so he can't, like, walk around the park. You know, he's got to have someone sort of carry him around. Um you know, and for some reason, the head was just so much funnier than just Walt being frozen and defawed. And, you know, he walks out of the chamber and he's sitting at the table. Like, it's just not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the head is just, is, lends itself so much more for the comedy. Um, so that was obvious. And then it, after that, it was, for me, all about, like, if someone were to freeze themselves, why? Why would they do that? And so we kind of, like, derived the theme of the movie from that, that Walt is holding on to the park. He's holding on to this dream um, that he has, and he will do literally anything, literally anything to get to that dream, including decapitation and uh, cryogenic preservation. Um, you know, so, so you, you, you kind of go as an offshoot of there, and you realize that, you know, movies are about people who have problems and try and find solutions for their problems, and this is obviously now a character with a problem. And so we introduce another character that is a similar pro- or analogous problem, um, you know, in that he feels that he's losing, um, he's losing his daughter. as She's growing up and they're going through, you know, him and his wife are going through a divorce. And so we have this sort of domestic uh, um, thing on, on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but it, it really, in my mind comes out of that, that speculation of why would someone go through this? You know, why would someone choose to be cryogenically preserved? Yeah. So I uh, one thing you mentioned was like it's not funny to see Walt walk out unfrozen and sit at a table. I, I and my yeah. first thought is like that's the beginning of a horror movie. <laughs> the decapitated head I think is actually funnier because it's more absurd. Like Yeah. Yeah. And then also another question I have is how much of this was inspired by Futurama? <laughs> I think there was a lot subconscious because that's what everyone jumps to. And I think it's just sort of normalized the idea that we can have characters that are nothing but heads in a jar. Um, and so so everyone just kind of nods and goes on. Um, I don't think Walt Disney's ever shown up in Futurama, but he definitely could in the um, Hall yeah, of Heads or whatever that, That's weird. Like, everyone seems to have, like, their own head, but except Walt Disney, the one person known for one... Well, not he didn't necessarily do it, but, like, the... Uh, urban legend is he wanted to you always thought he would do that that they would be in there or something in in the original pilot for futurama i've seen the storyboards mm-hmm. just because i was searching around uh, you know and, and found it one day and it the joke is now icy wiener mm-hmm. that he's delivering the pizza to and the original joke was walt disney <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic so i, I I'm, I'm guessing they dropped it for copyright or trademark infringement well or, i know, think that's also the reason why they haven't done a walt disney biopic yet like i guess disney's kind of controlling it a little bit with a heavy hand maybe just a just a yeah, theory that two two indie ones came out um walt before mickey and yeah uh, and uh, as dreamers do i think was the other one mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. neither got i haven't seen either uh so uh neither one got great reviews but um they may be of interest to disney fans yeah i just maybe i'm just thinking maybe there was pressure or something like that not to have walt disney yeah 
and that's my only thought. Um, it's a hard story to tell, and it kind of it, it doesn't really lend itself to a movie, sort of Walt's life. You you'd have to pick a pretty specific section. Yeah, or, or yeah, well, you have to find that kind of you know you need to find the uh, that conflict, that part where yeah. where he has the fall, you know, he has his I want, you know, he has the you mm-hmm. know adversary, and then he ha- then he's triumphant, and you have to kind of find that. But it's always been kind of a mixture of like you know successes and failures in a way. Yeah. So maybe that's why they went with yeah. saving Mr. Banks because it was very cut and dry, you know. <laughs> Pale Travers, boom, there we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So one question I did have, I mean, obviously everyone's asked you this besides Futurama, is Escape from Tomorrow. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? The, uh, I have seen it. Yeah. Um, I don't hear good did, things. <laughs> I, I will not. They did something that no one could have predicted they did. And yes. on, that, on that merit alone, um, it's, it's interesting to watch, especially for Disney fans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not... And I think this is, a, this is a fair statement, whether you like the movie or not. It's not a movie that's made for or about Disney fandom in yes. any meaningful way. It's it's sort of people who never don't really care about Disney sort of show up, you know, on the kind of family vacation because that's what families in America do, and they go to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do kind of frustrating things like cut back and forth between Disneyland and Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In, in ways that I think uh, Disney fans definitely immediately pick up on. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, for example, we're like literally in the park timing out, okay, so this conversation takes 15 minutes and then the characters meet here where it would be a logical place for them to, like, you know, we're, we're, we're timing out things um, practically in with the assumption that most of our viewers have an intimate knowledge of the parks. And yeah. A lot of our viewers are even cast members and know you know where the utilidors lead and, and that sort of thing. So I think there was just a higher level of – I'm not saying they didn't do research, but I think there was a higher level of research for us um, knowing that, that this was going to be held to a level of scrutiny. Yeah, and I think – For example, g- oh, Walt Disney World. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. I, uh, one example I was thinking uh, when you were speaking was like, hey, they could take Escape from Tomorrow and pretty much transplant it into any other family vacation – um, and it would work. While I feel like if you took Walt's Frozen Head um, out of Disney, it still would be, hey, this is a Walt Disney story kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Entertainment mogul, Frozen Head, you know, cast member, theme park. You know, it's it's all kind of intertwined, or at least it would be very similar. While Escape from Tomorrow, it seems like, hey, they could do it in Vegas. They could do it, you know, yeah. visiting in-laws, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. You could do it at Universal. You yeah. know, it's, I'm trying to think of like Universal. Lou Wasserman's. Universal's Frozen Head. Yeah, Lou, Lou Wasserman's Frozen Head. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's great. So um, you touched on this real quick, and um, we'll bring this up, is how is it filming in Walt Disney World? Because you do have segments inside and outside of Walt Disney World. Yes. Um, uh, it, we, we filmed about four days. Uh, it comprises between like 15, 20 minutes of the movie um, mm-hmm. total. And, um, you know, it, I'm not going to lie. I am a, typically a rule follower, um, someone who kind of makes sure, you know, I, I'm doing uh, what's expected of me and gets nervous when I'm not. And it was um, a little bit stressful for me personally. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, we actually um, had very few problems and, and kind of it went surprisingly smooth after a little bit of a rough start. Um, we started by filming the security entrance and then got immediately shut down <laughs> and then filmed the turnstiles and possibly the worst thing that could uh, that could happen is um, happened which was that our lead was recognized uh, he's not he's he's a professional actor on the stage in here in Orlando and is now transitioning into film um, so he hasn't had some in too many big films yet though he's getting more and more um, and he was recognized by the uh, by the cast member who was <laughs> who was bringing him in, and then uh, you know as part of the shtick, he uh, he uh, um, tries to fool the biometrics by cutting his finger and has to use his thumb instead. And so the guy is trying to carry on this long conversation while they're waiting for the uh, the uh, um, other cast, you know, the manager to come over and, and uh, do the do the thumb swap, I guess. So it, it's it's all on film. <laughs> I hope that's in the outtakes. That'd be great. Or oh something. no, it's in the film. Oh, it's in the it's, film. Yeah, no, we're uh, 
we're nothing if not resourceful. If we if we have a cast member who's engaged in a long conversation with our protagonist at a tense moment in the film, we uh, we use it there. <laughs> Can you hear the dialogue, or do you just kind of like uh, uh, peanuts it and go womp 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 in the background or something? Well. What we did was we uh, we went back and filmed a bunch of reaction shots of his daughter and um, his daughter watching the whole thing go on. He's also carrying the bag that's totally had all in it, mm-hmm. um, so you don't hear the audio, um, but you, uh, you you definitely kind of see the suspense growing as you kind of cut into um, cut into her face watching the events happen. Yeah, nice, <laughs> cool, that's great. Um, yeah. So how how else? Did the, and you said the shooting just went smoothly after that. Uh, I mean, there were a few <clears> hiccups, and but I I really kind of chalk it up to the pre planning we did beforehand. We had our schedule, we knew our shots, um, we we sort of hit our marks and uh, got our footage and moved on. Um, and you know there was there was just a ton of pre planning that went into it. We had um, you know color coded spreadsheets, and we all had everything on our phone. Everything was kept on our phone. We carried no paper into the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there was just uh, there was a lot of pre-scouting and a lot of uh, pre-planning so that we knew what we were doing and we could really pull it off easily, and no ad-libbing. So wow, that, that's um, impressive. The rules that we yeah the rules that we knew going in, and we had two people who had done theater before and were kind of used to working under non-Hollywood film conditions, and then they really pulled it off. So non-traditional shooting methods. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so one thing you mentioned was like staging the shots and you know and, and kind of hitting marks and stuff. Mm-hmm. How do how is that planning that out in a theme park when there's you know busy congestion ways and then you have like lines that randomly appear for no reason? Like how did that work out? Um, we well I visited uh, I had a season pass at the time so I visited um, several I mean I was visiting all the time because I love going to the park so yeah. <laughs> I, what I claimed was that I was going on scouting trips. Um, we took the whole crew on their scouting trip, and then the cast on the scouting trip, and walked through the locations we were using. Dialogue-heavy scenes were specifically set in sort of out-of-the-way areas mm-hmm. um, that that had a good background or that looked iconically like uh, um, like Disney, but but we knew we could kind of not have to worry about Haunted Mansion line extending there. So you know, you'll see like the tangled restrooms is in our trailer. Uh, you know that yeah. mm-hmm. kind of inlet there um, over by. Um, Storybook Circus, sort of towards the back near the cell phone charging area, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, so we picked for uh, for scenes like that. We picked uh, locations that were that were a little bit out of the way, um, and then, but for more traveling shots and things like that, obviously we had more freedom, um, and we basically just shot wherever and uh, uh, tried to know as best as possible the the crowd flow. That's nice. I mean, it's just it's bizarre to me, just like. As again, like I like to plan everything out and figure out how right. everything would hit, you know, where things would be and how you get the shot. But you're dealing with, you know, 40,000 people who are not there for your particular reason <laughs> or, or more because you have cast members, too. Yeah. So that's just utterly insane to me. But I mean, I guess you have to kind of roll with it in a way and kind of just see how it ends up, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. It is an, it is a different filming experience than I've ever done before. I mean, I've done documentaries, which is different, um, mm-hmm. or similar but different, and I've done uh, um, obviously traditional filming, which is is very different than the experience. Um, but it was it was a unique experience. It's not something I I'm going to be jumping to try again. <laughs> but uh, I really am very proud of what we pulled off. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Um, is it how is it like producing and kind of like getting all this stuff together? You touched on the spreadsheets and those kinds of things. Anything else that was like kind of unique for the theme park side of this? Um, I mean, the I guess the most unique thing was that instead of like you know bringing in catering every day and stopping in the air conditioning and take a break, it was like, okay, guys, um, cosmic rays or Pecos Bill. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> on one hand, we're kind of like being tourists at the same time we're shooting yeah. a movie um you know so there is that kind of element to it um obviously we did the cheapo route of bringing in all our own snacks which was primarily what was in the waltz head bag to give it some weight <laughs> uh, it's brilliant water bombs <laughs> it makes sense um, yeah yeah i mean gotta put something in there so yeah that, that's a great idea it's like i'm just thinking hey the rap party's at harbor house everyone yeah um it was a limited crew i think uh, I think I've said different numbers now, but I think there were about uh, there were two actors and probably four crew members, so a total of about six of us. 
Um, partially that was cost, you know, obviously tickets yeah. uh, getting people in. And then partially there was uh, the let's not draw too much attention to ourselves. Um, we did have lookouts and we were shooting in priority order. Um, so uh-huh. things we thought if push came to shove, we can fake this. If that, you know, if we thought that, then it kind of went to the bottom of the list. Um, mm-hmm. If it was this is absolutely essential to make the movie work, it went to the top of the list. And then all throughout the day, we had people ferrying out um, cards, um, you know, memory cards with the uh, the footage on it. Ah, okay. Um, so we weren't taking chances. If we got caught, we had a, uh, you know, basically a meetup plan that involved uh, someone's at Disney jail and the rest of us are getting the heck out of here. Yeah, some so, people smuggling the uh, cards and... Uh... And like crevices in their bodies, and <laughs> like a cocaine well, ring. <laughs> well, we well we had we had our lookouts who were really instructed. Like if something goes, if so, if we get caught or something, you just start heading out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there would be no need for crevices. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I understand was involved in uh, exit through the gift shop. So. Oh, well, that's. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that. I uh, didn't. I know about it. Yeah. Yeah, Bansky uh, did a, a demonstration in in Disneyland. So. Ah. Uh. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's bizarre. Uh, and, and just interesting from a production standpoint and, uh, like switching out the memory cards was something I didn't really think about until yeah. now. How many, um, how many memory cards did you use? Like I mentioned several dozen. So. Um, well we dumped at the end of each day. I think we had four total. Oh, okay. Um, so it wasn't that bad. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I mean, okay. We got probably, uh, I, I, I honestly don't remember. You know what? No, no. I remember because the, um, our equipment checkout place uh, tried to get some back, and we said no um, because they had. Uh, I think it was. I think we got two sets because we requested extra for that reason. Um, and then they, they want some back, and we said uh, no. We're using them. Sorry, yep. you checked them out to us. So. Sorry. Uh, yeah. What What was your number one? Uh, you mentioned the number one shot you had to get in order to sell the story. What was that shot? If I may ask. Uh, number one was entering the park. Okay. And, and the shot where Walt sees Main Street for the first time. Okay. Um, I mean, those were kind of, we knew we absolutely could not do the rest of the movie. You can't fake, you know, you can't fake the beauty shot of Main Street with Walt, you know, with the Walt head in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that, was, that was pretty important to us. Um, there was pretty much a full day of shooting that we knew we had to get done. Okay. Um, and then, then we wound up getting all four days done. So we were, we were fortunate in that. Yeah. Um, so you kind of told some funny stories already. Any other any other kind of weird stuff that's that happened during those four days? Um, I mean, there were security guards who paid a little too much attention to us. But the the time we got closest to getting caught was we were shooting, um, we were shooting at night, and we were waiting for the sun. We were waiting for the sun to go down. We had shot some kind of at dusk, and we were shooting again at uh, when it was pitch dark. Um, mm-hmm. So we were at, at Gaston's tavern, and we were getting everybody pork shanks. Because uh, nothing says let's make a movie like eating a big greasy pork shank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the the waitress had overcharged us, and they called over the manager to get the uh, get the thing refunded. And I realized that the debit card I use says my name, and then the business name, and the business name is Just a Head in a Jar LLC. <laughs> <laughs> so he call, he's he's coming over, and so of course he he looks at the card does a double take and then i can literally see him mouthing the words just ahead in a jar as he goes through to like do the refund on the fact that we were overcharged for our pork shanks <laughs> and i'm i'm sweating bullets like oh my goodness like he's gonna start asking questions and you know at this time i think our i think our first kickstarter was up at this time oh so, like, we were we were out in public yeah and he kind of shrugs to himself and hands it back. <laughs> Have a nice day. I guess these Futurama fans are doing some weird stuff now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like, because it's a business debit card, and like there there should have been red flags, right? I mean, it says just ahead in a jar. Okay, okay, great. sure. Why not? Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. There's uh, not what all they see. Yeah, no, that's that is very true. Yeah, probably not the weirdest thing that happened to him that day. Yeah, so you mentioned Kickstarter. How did the uh, you mentioned the original Kickstarter uh, was for funding for all the production and well, yes. for the filming. Sorry, I want to make yeah. sure I get my, all my film terms correct as I'm an engineer <laughs> and I don't know that much. But anyway, how how did that go and and uh, all that stuff? That went really well. We raised about five thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars, and we were just absolutely thrilled. And we 
started production. That was not the total budget of the film. Um, it was it was closer to it was between like fifteen and twenty mm-hmm. um, for the total budget of the film, and part of that was self funded. And then we had um, you know a, a little bit of uh, help from some investors, but. Um, <laughs> We finished the film, and we have $19.20 in the bank, and we are happy because that is not in the red. Yay. Um, Yeah, yay. (laughs) And then we realized that there are just things that we need to spend money on for post-production, and unfortunately, we've got to sort of go through this process again. Um, Mm -hmm. That being said, I think we're much higher profile now, and we have more we can show people that, you know, shows them that this is actually going to be a good movie because the first, honestly, the first Kickstarter video is a little... uh, a little uh, um, on the cheap because we didn't have the footage yet from the movie. Yeah. So we're, you know, because we had filmed in the park, but we hadn't done the, the regular filming, which was much more traditional 20 person crew um, all working for free, but 20 person crew who expect to be fed and, um, you know, and location fees and props and, and, you know, things like that. Um, and so we're we're really at the point where we're we're paying for sound, we're paying for music, um, we're we're hoping to get a, a professional color correctionist, um, and that we're just having some costs that add up, and we really could use the support at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's all the post production stuff. Well, one of the other projects I backed, uh, they're they're not actually doing a second Kickstarter for post production, but they're getting investment in. So yeah, it, it's just um, interesting to see how films are produced and funded on kickstarter um mm-hmm. it's just a really interesting you know different business that i'm not exposed to all the all the time you know as i build machines and stuff as yeah. an engineer <laughs> i mean it is interesting because literally i wouldn't say 100 but 99 percent of the cost of making a movie happens before you see dime one you know so there's just a huge initial uh cap uh, initial bit of capital that has to be there mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully the film makes money. You know, it's it's not like a more traditional business where you make a little bit of the product and you hope people like it, and then you make a little more of the product, and you know you can't kind of control inventory that way. Um, there is just a huge, uh, um, huge upfront cost in in uh, doing that, and, and thankfully that's something that thus far people have been willing to help us with. Yeah, one of the things um, I remember you mentioning is like you filmed in Orlando Brewing, was it? Yes, uh, that was our. Cryogenics lab, Orlando Brewing. Yeah, <laughs> those uh, fermentation tanks make real good uh, cryogenic chambers. They look real nice. Uh, I think it, it. Yeah, I think it's actually pretty passable. We we use a lot of footage of that in the trailer. So yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, Nick, do you have any questions? Uh, <laughs> not, not. I mean, y'all have kind of covered everything. I, I was just curious, like, if he had, if y'all had, like, any runs with security or if y'all talked to Disney beforehand about going in there. But you kind of already covered all that stuff. So yeah, we did not talk to Disney. Now I will say, every time I went in afterwards, because um, I was like waiting for the spinning Mickey to suddenly turn. I don't know what color it turns for people like me. Uh, <laughs> it just it blinks red and goes wong wong. Yeah. <laughs> the gates drop. <laughs> danger, danger, like. <laughs> They've got that technology in there now. I wouldn't be uh-huh. surprised. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm. I still was waiting for that to happen. Never, never did happen. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so we have a few questions. Uh, we actually asked uh, our Twitter followers for questions. Um, okay. Some of them are serious. Some are not so serious. Some of them deal with the movie. Some don't. So let's go. Let's go through them. Uh, okay. WW Ben asks. Uh, are Walt's frozen head and old Ross uh, Radburn uh, friendly? Do you know the Twitter account old Hoss Radburn? I do not. You do not. It's old Ross Radburn was like this crazy, amazing like pitcher who like from the 1900s who like uh-huh. like just ate a bunch of bad food and drank bourbon all the time and smoked cigars, but like wasn't a phenomenal pitcher. Uh-huh. So like his Twitter account is a parody account of just like making fun of um like the current like players and stuff. Oh, so, so it's like old timey baseball, you know, who is making fun of the people that gotcha. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, one of his tweets from two days ago was, or, was "Fireworks are nice, but nothing compares to scaling a rampart as the mortar mortars fire and you get hit and explode in a red, white, and blue cloud." <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh... Yep. But anyway, yeah. I don't. <laughs> no reason to read the tweets, but yeah. Uh, I guess. I guess, uh, I don't know. Maybe Walt is. I don't know. You're the intern. Got me. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't say one way or another. I'll ask him next time I yeah, see him. Yeah, please do so. 
for um, I guess this is for all of us, but it's more for Nick and I. Um, Sean Cochran uh, asks, uh, do you think a year-round Walking Dead house is sustainable at Orlando? Nick? I mean, I think it would be fine for... I think it's going to happen. But um, I think it's it would be fine for, you know, like five years or so. And you're not... You know, you're talking about a walkthrough attraction. You're not talking something that's can't be replaced relatively easily. But mm-hmm. I think you know, for for like a something to put in there for you know, like next year, like Fast and Furious is not going on. So I mean, even if you use like that second Shrek theater that they take down for Halloween Horror Nights and put a Walking Dead attraction there, you're talking about you know a new attraction that you can promote that can you know service the crowds and will be popular and and move merchandise for um a period of time until you can until you decide to do something else yeah i'm i'm not i I think it works in hollywood more but it just seems like that's something tourists are gonna not i mean they're gonna go to it but doesn't seem like that big of a profile attraction personally um i mean it's a speed bump it's another speed bump yeah Yeah. see i guess uh, my two cents is i sort of disagree with the uh assessment that it works better um in Hollywood than here, mm-hmm. I would think here you get more once a year visitors who don't necessarily see all the overlays. Whereas okay. in Hollywood, you're getting more of that local crowd. Huh. Um, you know, so I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all, personally, especially because mm-hmm. people know that's going to be a horror attraction. Then. Yeah. Have you seen yeah. any of the walkthrough videos, Ben? Of for Kong this? or of, of Walking Dead? Of Hollywood? Walking Dead. No, I haven't. I haven't. It's actually pretty well done. I mean, there's some audio animatronics in there, there's some live actors, there's mm-hmm. a really cool. Uh, effect that uses um, Musion technology and mist mm-hmm. and lights to make it look like this giant cabin's on fire. Yeah, so that, cool. that's a really cool scene. Yeah, so, I mean, there's some good sets, but I don't know, yeah. it just, it doesn't seem like, I, I don't know, maybe, it's probably me just being pessimistic, but I just want to see that and something else. I don't want to see just that. Come like, funny, no. I, think, I think, like, if you did that and Fallon together or that and fast and the furious because then you're talking about your speed bump to get to fast and furious is well the walking dead if you put it close to the entrance people are going to go to that and then go to fast and furious and it will yep. you know not everybody flood to that one so yep <clears throat> sorry ben we cut you off any, any thoughts last thoughts on that no i just uh you know i think it's it's you gotta go how people are actually touring and if if people can't make it down for uh um, you know, for Halloween Horror Nights every year, I think it's you, you can give those horror fans something to tide them over. Mm-hmm. And then give them pamphlets at the end. Yeah, Come to Halloween Horror Nights next year. Even, <laughs> September, October. This was good. Yeah. And if you think this was bad, the other ones are better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, M-I-M-N-S-T-T-R on Twitter. He already asked, uh, he uh, asked, uh, have you gone to the parks Ben, since you put out the trailer, so yeah, you have. So yes, yes we I have. we answered that question. Um, the NJ Brandon on Twitter asks, "What will be the next location that Guardians of the Galaxy will be rumored oh, to replace?" <laughs> uh, Someone already did the joke about how the uh, Haunted Mansion currently has a scrim up for redoing the facade. <laughs> so someone's already <laughs> rumors of Guardians of the Galaxy replacing Haunted Mansion. That was one of my favorites. Uh, it's a small galaxy after all. I the- mean. <laughs> little little Groots everywhere and everything. I mean, there are, it's already the little Groots were cute. You could just have them dancing and swinging around. There you go. <laughs> Nick, what that'd are your a, thoughts? That would be a good replacement for the teacups. Those little flower pots that you set in and you waved your arms around. Well, you're, <laughs> oh. you're the dancing baby Groots. There you go. Don't give them any ideas for Hollywood Studio. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, uh, Alex at home, Alex Show, he asked, uh, what was your main inspiration for making... Uh, Walt's frozen head. You already talked about that a little bit, and uh, he, his other question is: and uh, what is your favorite film so far this year? Um, did Zootopia come out this year? I that think would it probably did. Be my favorite. I yeah. think it did. <laughs> yeah, Zootopia came out in March, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, I haven't gotten to the movies too often this year. Mm-hmm. I got got two kids, so they keep me at home. I understand that. Well, not that I have kids, I just don't see yeah. movies that often either. So Fair that enough. that angle. Um. He already asked where uh, you'll be able to buy and film, and uh, where you'll be able to see the film and buy it. You said uh, make sure to back it on Kickstarter so you can get it early. Um, and also waltzfrozenhead.com. Um, Derek Bergen. Oh, can I give a oh, sorry? Can I give a quick plug in here? Yeah, sure. Um, 
first, uh, just to let people know why pre-ordering is important, um, that $19, which is what we're charging for just a pre-order, nothing else. Uh, mm-hmm. you, can get a, you can get a better deal if you order it with something else. But that $19 we're charging, we can use that money to actually give you a better movie. If you wait until the movie's done, we can't use that money to give you a better movie. Exactly. Um, so, so we really do appreciate those pre-orders. Cool. And go to waltzfrozenhead.com. Make those pre-orders. Make it happen. Um, Derek Bergen asks, uh, what is Walt's Frozen Head's take on the new Disney Springs experience? Have you talked to Walt yet about Disney Springs? Um, I mean, this was the, uh, who licensed Wizard of Oz, right? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, you cut out there. Oh, sorry, you cut out a little bit too, yeah. I mean, I, I was about to say, Walt Disney's the man who, uh, licensed for Wizard of Bras, right? Yeah, good yeah. point. Street. Yeah, there we go. Um, it's an outlet mall. I mean, it's a nice outlet mall, but it is it is kind of just an outlet mall. Yep. It looks good. I haven't been to the fin- completed one yet, so I have to hold judgment a little bit. But I like Boathouse, though, even though I didn't have to pay for anything there. Thanks, Dad. I went I went when uh, they right when they opened World of Coke, ah. which is a huge missed opportunity in my in my humble opinion. Because they didn't do like a, an experience or what? They didn't do an experience, and they didn't tell the story of Coke or even like make you feel anything special about Coke. And they have you walk up this ramp for two stories to get to the place where everyone wants to go, which is the place they serve Coke. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's literally white walls are all around you as you walk up a ramp. And it's like, you could do videos, you could do projection mapping, you could do like, it's white walls for crying out loud, throw up some pictures of Coke around the world. Reminds me of like uh, the uh, walk from the exit of like Mission Space, and it's just those blank white walls. Exactly. It's like, you guys could you guys could paint like the galaxy here, like... The exit is the star, and then you can paint all like the distant galaxies as you walk towards the star. You know, that kind of thing. It's, yeah. Uh, it appears to be a missed opportunity compared to what they have in Atlanta. There's, there were some things that they could have um, brought down. Like, they have a, a walkthrough where it's, it's not, they're not really, bo- well, they are bottling Coke there because they, they do bottle Coke in the world of Coke. But um, where they, they bottle them and, you, your part of your mission is you get a bottle of Coke that's got the World of Coke in Atlanta, Georgia, imprinted on it. Um, but you know they they could do something like that where they could show you how that they actually bottle Coke on like the second floor even, mm-hmm. and you know charge you know five or six bucks for somebody to walk through there and you get a bottle of Coke at the end of it. People would do that yeah. instead of doing two floors of merchandise. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's very awkward to get in and out of because you want to go to the top to have the Coke Garden or whatever it is they're calling it, but uh, you know there's only two elevators and everyone else is taking the the ramp. So, mm-hmm. uh. um, next question: Tom Stidman asks, uh, "What do you think about uh, Shigeru Miyamoto working with Universal Creative on attractions for Nintendo Land?" I think that was announced a while ago. Yeah, that he would be um, working on attractions, and my understanding is. Part of the reason why he wanted he, that they were game to go with Universal is because he would be working on the attractions, and he got really excited about what he saw. Uh-huh. So, good, yeah. Good. I mean, I think both Seussland and J.K. both show that their uh, creative partnerships can work. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, next uh, question. Uh, this this one's for Walt. Do you ever get freezer burn? <laughs> uh, no, very good uh, defrosting cycles. Ah, okay. Yeah, my freezer doesn't have that, so yeah. I fully understand that. Um, next question comes from Zach. He asks, um, if you could freeze any executive's head, who would it be? Whose would it be? Sorry. Yeah, my get- I would probably say Card Walker. I mean, he pretty much gave us the most innovative theme park, with the exception of Disneyland, which is Epcot. Yeah. So I can't think of another executive I would want to go anywhere near you know that idea i was so. thinking maybe dick nunes oh yeah dick dick, dick would be good would what about uh, executives outside of disney oh that's a good question i was um, thinking steve jobs would be a good one that's always yeah. a good one but if we did donald trump to... could he stop running for president <laughs> no he just turned into a uh, richard nixon and Futurama. Uh, yeah, that's true yeah he could have unlimited terms then right yeah robot body <laughs> come here agnes <laughs> Uh, next question uh, comes from Kenny uh, Spoonman uh, at In the Loop Kenny. He asks, uh, "Monkey beer at Animal Kingdom? Has anyone tried it?" And he says, "Best beer ever." I haven't tried the monkey beer yet. 
haven't heard of it. I haven't heard of the monkey no. beer. Yeah, that's news to me. Maybe is he talking about Kungaloosh? Because that's the new a new beer they have. I've heard of that. I should have followed up with him on this. Hmm. Does it have a monkey on the bottle? Or? Maybe. I don't know. I, it's not like monkey bread. Because I mean, monkey bread's like that stuff and you pull it off. Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard of monkey beer. Go figure. The, the Kungaloosh didn't get too good of reviews, has it? Um, my, my understanding is that it's a spiced ale, like yeah. a Christmas ale. But not like Christmassy flavors. Yeah. But it's, it's heavy and spiced. Which, you yeah. know, goes Some fantastically with Orlando f- weather. Yeah, I know Brian said he didn't particularly care for it, so... Yeah. Um, he also asked one more question. Uh, um, he has, says uh, he liked Mako, um, and he asks if any of us have ridden Mako. I haven't been to Orlando since Mako opened. Nick, have you? I haven't been to SeaWorld. Oh. Uh, have you been on... Been to Orlando. No, I've been to Orlando, but not SeaWorld. Okay, there you go. Yeah, we haven't been to SeaWorld yet. Plus, I silently protest uh, the closure of SeaWorld Orlando. So... Huh? I, I pour- Ohio. Yeah. I mean, oh, SeaWorld, Ohio, sorry, yeah, SeaWorld, Ohio, when it was used to be open, like, half an hour from where I used to live, so, good times. Uh, pour one out. And that's it for questions. Um, thanks, Ben, for joining us on our episode this week. Um, where no can problem, they... I appreciate you having me on. Yes, uh, where can we find you online at? Uh, online is twitter.com slash waltzfrozenhead, no O and frozen. Keep checking that Twitter handle just to see if it becomes available, but... No, okay. Still no Owen Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash Waltz Frozen Head and waltzfrozenhead.com. Nice. And uh, get to the Kickstarter from Frozen, waltzfrozenhead.com? Yeah, it's based. The, the Twitter account is basically me just posting the Kickstarter link at this point. Okay. There and you go. It will be that way until Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So make sure you guys, when you hear this episode, go and donate and go pre register and get that movie. Um, Appreciate it. Yep. Anytime. Nick, where can we find you online at? Um, at Parkscope Nick on Twitter, same on um, Snapchat and uh, on Pokemon Go. Awesome, there you go. Yeah, what's your Pokemon Go, Ben? Have you if you signed up yet? No, I haven't signed up. Okay, yet. I, I, never mind. I just checked, picked my backpack. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at Parkscope Joe. You can find all of us at Parkscope.net and at Parkscope on Twitter. Leave us a good review. I, I want some more good reviews. That'd be real nice. And uh, we're, I'm thinking about, I was talking to Felipe about this, Nick, uh, uploading our episodes to uh, YouTube. Get more uh, distribution that way. Let's go for it. Well, we'll have to try that. So yeah, on behalf of everyone, uh, Kungaloosh, love everybody, hate everything, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>